Welcome to the Wednesday program, and guess what? For a third day in a row, quarterback is going to be the main topic, but we'll definitely have some more stuff for you, including a couple highlights from last night's kind of crazy men's soccer game against UT. The Bulls won it. You'll hear the goal, a couple of near goals. You won't hear any of the fouls, but if you listen to the replay of the game, which we offer on USF Bulls Unlimited, and you want to hear fouls, you are going to get your share. It was quite a Tuesday as far as activity at the Selman Athletic Center. We had two press conferences, two media addresses, the one with Jeff Scott, Gary Bohannon, and Meech Harris lasted a little bit more than an hour. We carried it live for you on USF Pulse Unlimited. If you want to listen to all of the audio, it is posted on GoUSFBulls.com. I'll make this brief. I've been trying to say this every day to let people know where the audio is. But if you had to GoUSFBulls.com, scroll down to the audio page and where you see podcasts as one tab. That's where the Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly and some other stuff's going to be posted. There's to the right, interviews. That's where you can go and get full audio, and you can hear all of the audio there. But we'll play you some sound bites in this segment of Jeff Scott, and in the second segment you'll hear from Bohannon and Meech Harris. Also, there was the Women's Soccer Media Day. Denise Shelty-Brown spoke, so did goalkeeper Sydney Martinez and defender Lucy Roberts. We are going to present that to you on tomorrow's program. Also in our second block, we'll have some other notes from around USF Athletics. Today is also the luncheon, the football luncheon at Armature Works. Starts at 1130, sold out, so hopefully you got your tickets. Great opportunity to meet some of the players and, of course, hear Jeff Scott and others speak. I see Matt Grothy tweeting that he is going to be speaking about the Fowler Avenue Collective. Just a note, I will not be able to make it over there myself today. I've got, I'm needed basically on the home front, but if you follow USF football on Twitter, then I'm sure you will get plenty of videos and photos and that kind of good stuff. Reminder that we do now, starting last week, every Friday, a new Bull Speed Ahead podcast. I'll give you a recap, I'm sure, with Michael Kelly on that program as well. That'll air for the first time each week. Mark it down, Friday at 8.30 on USF Bulls Unlimited. We're also scheduled still to speak to both coordinators of the football team and more student-athletes before this week is up, so we got plenty of football coverage coming your way. But on this show, plenty of interesting comments by Jeff Scott about the entire quarterback situation. Starting off, obviously, his press conference with a little nod to where we are in camp and getting right into the main story and the decision. Uh, defense uh, dominated pretty much the uh, scrimmage on Saturday, and uh, today was really the, the offense. The offense really got the best of the defense, so it's good to see uh, the offense respond. And uh, I know it's kind of one-to-one in scrimmage situations leading into Saturday's final scrimmage. Uh, also pleased with our, our kickers today. Uh, they were three for three in kind of game-winning uh, situations. So uh, overall, uh, pleased with what I saw today. Uh, you know, we're in the final week of fall camp, and uh, so we really talked about how, how are we going to finish this week with the right intensity uh, in each uh, practice and in each drill. And then, uh, you know, uh, we'll have uh, school starts uh, this coming Monday, and uh, so we'll kind of start getting into BYU uh, prep uh, starting next Monday and have two weeks to get ready for them. But, uh, you know, going back to Saturday, uh, after taking time to, to grade that scrimmage on Saturday, uh, you know, Coach Trickett and I got together and just kind of looked at the, the body of work uh, between our quarterbacks and decided uh, that we had enough information to, to make a, a good decision. And so uh, after discussing with the staff on Sunday, uh, myself and Coach Trickett met with both uh, Timmy and Gary individually Sunday night and uh, informed both of them of our decision uh, to, to name Gary our starting quarterback for this 2022 season. 
you know, quite honestly, Gary's just been outstanding since the day that he got here. And, um, you know, whatever we thought we were getting uh, whenever we, we brought him over for Baylor, we really have gotten uh, that plus more. And, uh, you know, I think probably one of the early signs that we had was, uh, you know, throughout the summer. You all heard me talk a lot about our, our grit scores. And so what is that? You know, that's a daily grade uh, throughout eight weeks. You know, there's 40 workouts there in eight weeks. And each player gets a daily grade on their uh, work ethic, on their ability to strain, and really on their leadership ability. And Gary being here his first eight weeks, uh, he ended up being ranked number two out of 114 players on the team. Uh, that was a, a really uh, good early sign. And then also I can remember uh, one of our early practices, somewhere around practice two, practice three, just a little bit sloppy early on with guys kind of getting going. And uh, Gary called the whole team up and uh, really used that as a leadership moment and, and told everybody this isn't how we practice. Uh, if we're going to turn this thing around, you know, we're going to have to practice a lot better than this. And the best part about it, everybody listened. And they nodded their head. They got a breakdown, and we ended up having one of the best practices. And I looked over at one of our coaches, and I said, you know, in two and a half years, I have, I've never seen that right there. And he was being real. That wasn't him just trying to get up there and, and uh, you know, kind of to make a statement, you know, for the coaches or anything. That was just who he was. Leadership. Completion percentage, probably a little bit in there as well, but leadership has just been a clear edge for Bohannon. You cannot replace experience at all. Now, having said that, McLean is definitely a guy that the Bulls were giving every chance to battle evenly with Bohannon. And I thought this was, I'm glad he said this, very, very important because I got to defend my guys and gals on the USF social media teams as I do a couple times. I try not to get, you know, adversarial or confrontational or too negative on Twitter in general, but sometimes I have to, you know, you defend your family. And after the Davey O'Brien watch list came out and you were just having people say, what, at USF football, why no announcement? Like they didn't know. And it was incessant from some folks, like two and three weeks after the fact, like, what are they doing over there? What are they doing over there? They're doing a great job. And maybe someone high up the chain, like, I don't know, the head coach, told them not to do anything about it. Here is that being explained. What, what I've learned is no matter how fair you try to be and how you try to do everything above board, I mean, I was the one that uh, told Brian not to put out the release on the Davey O'Brien Award because I didn't think that was fair to uh, Timmy being our returning starter for us to be pumping the, the transfer out there for that award. So what I've learned is it doesn't matter how nice or how fair you are. At the end of the day, when you're in those situations, the guy that doesn't get the job is probably leaving. And so, you know, probably better off going ahead and, and doing it now. You know, I kind of go back to, and I thought about this a little bit, go back to 2017, 2018 at Clemson. You know, 2017, Kelly Bryant, you know, led us on a 12-2 and two, uh, season, right? We lost in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, this, you know, tall, blonde-headed guy comes in, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but Kelly, you know, was a senior, he, uh, very loved by his teammates and, and really done well as, as a junior. And so we were going to kind of let it go throughout the season, not, you know, not make an early decision and hope that we could kind of, you know, keep, keep both of those guys there. And then finally, in the fourth game at Georgia Tech, uh, Trevor went in and made an incredible throw. And uh, so after that game, we decided to go ahead and, and name Trevor the starter game five. And, Kelly decided to leave at that point, right? And, uh, you know, sat out that year and went to Missouri and had a good year the next year. And Trevor led us to a national championship that season. So 
at the end of the day, especially with the quarterbacks, especially when you've got a guy that was a starter, I think when you've got guys competing, they're coming in, you know, those guys are going to be a little bit more patient. But a guy that was a starter and then maybe the other guy comes in and wins the job, you know, he's going to leave. And there's nothing. I mean, I've, I've thought through it. I mean, I, I knew – I knew whenever we allowed Gary to come on an official visit, I had to be okay with the fact that if he comes here and wins the job, that Timmy's probably going to leave before the season. So I had to think about that before I ever brought him here on an official visit. And I actually called Timmy and his dad on that Friday before I brought Gary on an official visit. So I tried to do everything just above board the right way. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, that position, there's only one ball. And uh, Timmy's definitely uh, a very good quarterback. And, and I know he'll have a good career, but I think it was just in the best interest of this team to, to win this year uh, with Gary's leadership, his experience, uh, his, his talent, and, uh, and that's why we kind of made that decision. You mentioned Brian, Brian Segrist, the head of sports information at USF, would have been the person to right away put out the Davey O'Brien notice, and you'll notice that after Bohannon was named the starter, that eventually got done, and I did not see a stream of apologies from those who were asking the folks at USF Football Twitter, what are they doing over there? So maybe you guys can do that today. Moving back to Timmy McLean, and he made it pretty clear to the head coach that he was hoping that McLean would stay, but frankly expected what happened, which was McLean entering the transfer portal shortly after the news. The transfer por- portal uh, giveth and the transfer portal taketh away, right? So we can't complain about the portal if, if we're bringing a guy like Gary Bohannon in. You're going to also lose some, but – you know, Timmy was the first player since I've been here in two and a half years that left that I really wanted to stay and, and I felt like had an important role for our team. But that's going to happen. I mean, everybody across the country, you know, loses. I mean, Georgia won the national championship, right? They had several guys they wanted that, that left to go other places. So I think you just uh, accept that it's part of it. And the other thing that you have to think about, right, you can sit here and think about, man, well, I know Gary has one or two years and what's going to happen after that? Well, the reality is what's going to happen after that, you're going to see how your, your guys have developed. And then you go look around the country and you find the best quarterback if you need another quarterback. You know, I mean, the market's always open. So this, this thing of, like, I got to have this guy here for the next four years, I mean, we, we found out about Gary in three days. And he was here about two weeks later, you know. And so that's how transient I think it is a little bit. Um, but you, you better make sure you have at least one. I mean, we're, we're really fortunate that uh, Trey Marsh came out of the portal in December and, and came back. Uh, because we, we could have been in a, a different situation than we are now. Well, that is definitely the truth. And he also mentioned that with Marsh being the number two guy, Byron Brown as a freshman has been very impressive as well in the official QB3 role. One more mention here of Timmy McLean and how actually, in a strange way, the team made this news easier to take, as it were, talking about losing McLean. You know, we really uh, graded everything. There were about 10 different things that we really graded the quarterbacks on because I wanted to, to make sure both guys had an equal opportunity. Uh, the reps uh, with the first group, uh, I think Gary ended up with 121, and I think uh, you know Timmy was somewhere around 117. So it was about as equal as you can get. Uh, you know Gary ended up completing through the first 10 practices, including the scrimmage. Uh, Gary was uh, 80% uh, completions throughout those 10 days, and um, the next quarterback was 67%. So. It was really a, a 13% difference in completion percentage. We also look at decision making, and uh, Gary was just really uh, in the 90, 90 percentile in decision making. And again, this is a guy that did not go through spring ball with us in this offense. And um, you know, I think uh, you know I've heard it said before that you know your team 
players kind of know it before your coaches know it, right? And I felt like that was really the situation hearing from a lot of our players. You know, after about the first week of camp, they were really, you know, kind of telling me, hey, Gary's our guy. And I really told them, hey, I want to wait, like I said, and we're going to go for, for uh, 10 practices and get through the scrimmage. And, uh, but it, it became obvious to all of us. Uh, you know, Timmy uh, has had a really good summer, had a good fall camp. Uh, he really has improved. He's worked hard to improve. And, uh, but, you know, the difference is, you know, Gary is just at a, a very high level. Gary's three years older. You know, Gary's, uh, you know, 10 and 2 as a starter in the Big 12, you know, with, with uh, wins over BYU, Oklahoma, Texas, Ole Miss, and the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's just experience that you, you can't make up. And, uh, and that was part of our, our reason for, for bringing him in was that experience and knowledge. And, you know, part of my job as a head coach is uh, to make the tough decisions. And when I make decisions, I have to, number one, what's best for the team? And then number two, what's best for the player? And uh, it was crystal clear uh, to our coaching staff. I asked our staff on Sunday, and you know, by the raise of hands, and it was 100% unanimous that Gary's our guy. I didn't do it with the team because I really felt that I already kind of had the pulse on that and seeing how they've responded here these last two days. Uh, I know they have. But, um, you know, Timmy did a great job while he was here. He's a first-class young man. Uh, he's going to be very successful because I think he has a, a big future ahead of him, and I wish him the best of luck. Obviously, we'd love for him to stay, but in uh, this day and age, it's, uh, I don't know many situations where you can look at a guy that was a starter one year, and the next year a transfer came in, beat him out, and, and that previous starter stayed. That's just unfortunately, that's not the environment that we're in. And uh, regardless of who won the job, I knew there probably would be one of those guys leaving. And that was another reason that I wanted to do this now. So we would have three weeks to kind of get over that and really for the, the Trey Marsh to now get all the reps with the twos for the next three weeks. Uh, rather than, you know, you make that decision on Thursday of game week and then one of them leaves you right there, then your backup quarterback hadn't really taken snaps. Um, but uh, I'm confident that uh, we've, we've made the, the best decision for this year's team to win this year. And that's really the way that you look at it. You can't think about, you know, what, what's best for two or three years from now. I mean, in this environment, uh, it's about who gives us the best chance to win this year. And uh, that's really how that decision was made. There were actually some questions asked at the press conference, not about quarterback. He did give a running back injury update. Kelly Joyner in Saturday's scrimmage broke a small bone in his foot and is going to miss, according to Jeff Scott, around six to seven weeks. Could be ready around the start of conference schedule. So that's a good thing. Not the injury, but a good thing that he is not out for the season. Michael Dukes is a new running back transfer from North Carolina who coach says has been impressive it seems like the running back position might be the deepest for the Bulls so hurts losing Joyner but man Mangum, Batty, Dukes, some other guys some locals like Hamilton and Albritton maybe getting some time in there as well so I think the Bulls will be able to make do just fine there he also said there have been two standouts one on each side mentioned a Joe a Joe Clemson transfer receiver on offense and Matthew Hill taking over that nickelback slash star position that, of course, was needed to be filled by somebody when Smoke Davis had to retire from football. Saw Smoke put out a nice tweet about the nickels, threw in a photo of not just Hill, but Chris Townsell, along with Jaden Curry, a guy that Bob Shoup hyped up last week as your guys at that position. Hey, you want to hear from the guy at the quarterback position? What Gary Bohannon had to say? A little of Meech Harris. Some highlights from last night's men's soccer victory against UT. Some other notes as well as Bulls Beat continues. 
This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. Before we give you a few clips of Gary Bohannon as well as Meech Harris, we'll remind you that you can get all of the audio from the full show if you're listening to it right now on the Unlimited Unloaded page. You know this already. We always want you to catch the show as it streams live every morning, every morning, Monday through Friday, on Bulls Unlimited, but we post them later. And you can actually scroll through any of the past shows on our Unlimited Unloaded page, which has expanded. It's not just on SoundCloud. Any of these platforms, just go there and type Unlimited Unloaded, and you can find the most recent show and a bunch of old ones, which include all of the interviews we've done through the photo shoots. Three dozen with football players, more than a dozen with women's soccer. There was a nice individual member of the Iron Bulls who's a big contributor to women's soccer that spoke during that address yesterday. And he frequently said, you know, why can't we get Denise, Coach Denise Shilty Brown, on the radio? Well, She's on the radio a lot on this show. It's just digital radio. I know what he meant, AM and FM. But you can listen to plenty of soccer material on this here radio platform. And now you can go back and listen to the interviews, not just on SoundCloud, but on, it's really cool, Spotify. I love Spotify for my music, by the way. But you can get the podcast there as well as on Amazon Podcast. We'll talk about women's soccer here in a few minutes because the preseason poll was announced and we return with our hour-ending mini-conference show around the American at about 5 till if you want the full rundown, but we'll tell you what the Bulls were projected as. And again, men's soccer highlights coming up here shortly before Bulls beat ends. But let's give you a nice little two-minute-plus medley of some Gary Bohannon comments and wait for it, as the kids say, the ending when he lists his goals for the season. I mean, for me, I mean, I became a starter, but for me, I've always prepared as a starter every day. I always want to feel like a starter every day. I want to be a starter every day. So for me, nothing has changed. I'm just continuing to be me. Um, I mean, be a little bit more vocal. Um, make sure I'm even more energetic, um, more locked in, things like that. But honestly, just continue to be myself. I looked at him. I, I smiled. I'm always smiling. I smiled. First thing I said, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, just for the opportunity, it's a blessing. Um, just a lot of guys want, want to be in this position um, as a starter quarterback for um, Top tier program uh, for me. I was just honestly just excited and blessed. Like, kind of held my emotions in. But I know, and when I got home, I called my parents. They were excited about it. I'm very confident. I know what I do every day. I know my abilities. I know, um, I'm just. I know the confidence I have in myself and my and my game. I mean, if you look at me every day, you like, that's how it's supposed to be done. Like, I want to be. When people look at me, that's what I want to be. So it's like once you see a guy that's doing it consistently every day, and he's outdoing what the standard is he's doing he's outdoing what's mandatory he's just doing extra I feel like you have to have respect for that guy like for me I don't care what position you play whether you're a kicker or um my top receiver whatever it is my top of line whatever it is like once you see a guy that's a walk-on once you see a guy that's he's really working he, he earns that right he has that respect so I'm I'm even the guy I, I um, speak up a lot but I sit up and listen somebody tell me something like I got one of the quarterbacks because Travis told me I walked off the field the other day. I went back and ran off the field. Just things like that, like just being a standard and setting and leading by example. I saw the, the, the talent on film, but the talent level is very, 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 very high. Like these guys can play anywhere. And I've saw a lot, these guys can play anywhere. And then just how everybody welcomes each other and loves each other. I would say like, it really feels like a brotherhood. I write all my goals down. Honestly, I wanna, I wanna have 40 total touchdowns this year, at least 2,000 passing yards and at least 1,000 yards rushing on my goals and to win the conference as a team. I want a lot of guys on the team to be All-Americans after the season. A lot of guys put up a lot of yards. That's pretty much it. That'd be a good year. 
a great year. And again, if you want to listen to the full audio, we posted it to GoUSFBulls.com. Just go to the main page where it says audio and click where it says interviews. That takes you to the all of the stuff individually broken down for you. He said, trying to get some guys, the All-Americans, seven different preseason watch lists. Pretty cool graphic tweeted out by USF Football on Tuesday. Includes, of course, Bohannon, along with Xavier Weaver, Brian Batty, Linebackers Antonio Greer, Dwayne Boyles, and Spencer Schrader, the place kicker, although he is definitely getting a challenge from the kid from Venice, Accessa. That's a note to file away. Here's a little bit of Meech Harris, one of the veteran offensive linemen, first on his new quarterback, and then answering my question, hey, the coach said that the defense had been kind of winning the scrimmages. Was that not the worst news because it means the defense is improving? And, oh, yeah, were you guys glad with Bohannon under center to win the day on Tuesday? The toughest thing about quarterbacks is only one. Uh, you know, offensive line, there's five of them. For receivers, D-line, they, they kind of rotate. But quarterback, uh, it's, it's only one guy. Um, I mean, we, we wish Timmy was still on the team. It, you know, it, it, it kind of stung us. Uh, but he felt like he did what was best for him um, and, and his future. Will, and we wish him nothing but the best. But, you know, the train got to keep moving. So it's just that, that, that leadership. Like, we joke about it. Like, we say, like, he got, like, the moxie. Just, like, obviously he's been at, like, the, the highest level doing it at a big-time stage. So he brings all of that experience over here. And then, I mean, just like he blended in like first day with the guys. He works hard. He stays extra. I mean, I mean, y'all heard the story. I mean, like first week he's staying here like 10, 11, 12 o'clock, like trying to learn to play. Two weeks he knew the playbook. So when we were out there running 707, when we were out there uh, doing like uh, just player brand stuff and he, you got this, you got that. Hey, no, you got. It's like, man, like this, this dude really wants it. And so when, when you see that, it's like, man, like I can, I can get behind this guy, and we can, and we can do something special this year. I mean, yeah, I'm mean, not defense. Defense whooped us on Saturday. They, they out the frame, uh, and we was like, man, we know, we, we know how good we are. Um, it, it's still, I mean, we, we're almost done with camp, about uh, two and a half weeks into BYU. But it was like, man. We're better than this. Um, so we, I mean, we came out today. I mean, first drive. I mean, we had took like a, a little ten-yard hitch to the house, and then like that just kind of sparked it, and we just kept rolling all day. Uh, but I mean, the defense uh, with, with Coach Shoop and what he's bringing, he brings something new every day. It, it's never the same thing. So uh, that's going to prepare us for the BYU, the Florida, the Louisville, the the Cincinnati, like because he's bringing something new every day. It's, it's never the same look. Uh, we we just got the we just got the, the the good end of the stick today, that's all. Another great anecdote he had was basically how they had the conversation yesterday that the best practice at Baylor last year was the first practice after Bohannon was named the starter, and it kind of went from there. And then Meech drops in this line, which I'd never heard. No correlation don't prove causation. And I was like, did anybody just catch that great line? In other words, what happened last year doesn't necessarily mean the same thing's going to happen this year, but hey, there are some good signs. And again, we've got more football coverage coming up in the last few minutes on this show, though. We switch to soccer. The women's team picked to finish second in the conference. We'll fill you in on the entire rundown at the end of the hour. But Vivian Bissett, no surprise, was named unanimously as a first-team conference player. But no other individuals on the Bulls were. Actually, that's not that much of a surprise because they lost a lot of their you know, stats people. Believe me, they're a talented team that starts off the season on Sunday, and we will have a lot of yesterday's audio with Denise Shilty-Brown, Sidney Martinez, and Lucy Roberts for you before the week is up. Men's soccer last night wins one nothing against UT in a raucous Rowdies Cup. 
It was one of those 0-0 first halves where a lot happened. Very intense play. The first few preseason games, the officials have basically not given out yellow cards in situations where a regular season game they would have been. And we looked like we were heading in that direction, but all of a sudden, the play just got too physical. There were more than a dozen cards in this game, and the Bulls had the bulk of the offensive chances. This was wild in the first half. He'll come in in the second. Oh, that's a long ball, and it could be a goal. Off the crossbar! Rosano had a blast. Now Perez on the rebound, saved by Lombardo, who had emptied his net. Rosano tried a 50-yard goal. Now Perez with the turn and another save. What a sequence. Boy, for a guy that didn't play last year, Augustine Lombardo is getting in a full season's worth of work and just made two amazing saves along with getting some help from the crossbar. Rosano peeked up, saw that Lombardo was out of his goal and almost scored from 45 yards. Perez had earlier banged one off the crossbar, but early in the second half, he was rewarded at the end of a great sequence. Hollenstein, lefty, good long ball up to Checho. Nice chip pass over to Barkley on the right side. Wants to whip in across. UT was ready for it. Switches it. Oh, it's a good curl to Perez. Saddles and it scores! What a goal! All the way around! Hollenstein switched the field. Freshman Barkley. What a cutback. And then Perez, who was foiled twice in the first half, instead of trying to one-time it, chested it down perfectly and then ripped one that Mr. Lombardo would have had to pull a miracle to stop. That was fantastic. After that, lots of whistles. Officially, there were 32 total fouls, so basically one every three minutes. I'm telling you, in the second half, there was a whistle at least once a minute. I think the cards were counted not as fouls. There were three red cards by UT, but because it was an exhibition, it stayed 11 on 11. It almost got a little out of hand. You know how people say, you know, the ref has to get control of the game. Well, this referee was trying to, was calling everything, and it didn't really help. But hey, you got to get used to playing some physical games, and that was definitely one of them. If you want to hear it replayed, we do that plenty for you here on the channel, and we'll give you some more observations on the men's soccer team on Friday's show leading up to the preseason finale, which is Saturday night. Hey, shout out to Bobby Bozer of baseball, was named the Sunbelt League, summer ball, of course, MVP. Hit 298 with eight homers leading that league for the Gainesville Gold Diggers. That's going to wrap up Bulls Beat. Plenty more football and soccer and more in the next two days as we are back to a daily schedule here on Bulls Unlimited. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded. And yes, the conference show is back. A reminder that on Mondays, it's its own separate 15-minute show because, hey, once we get into football, there is a ton to recap from a weekend. And then on Wednesdays and Fridays, we do Around the American just at the end of the hour. Sometimes it's five minutes like this one. Sometimes it's a little bit longer. Sometimes it's really brief. But, hey, since the American Athletic Conference schedule actually begins tomorrow night, we figured we'd return the show. And tomorrow night, being women's soccer, the Bulls actually are not going to start their season until Sunday. But first of all, I figured this was coming since the season begins Thursday. The coaches preseason poll was released on Tuesday. Memphis, the defending conference tournament champion, was decidedly picked to win the league. Six of the eight possible first place votes. There are nine teams in the league. You can't vote for yourself. Three teams got a first place vote, USF, UCF, and Houston, but 
drop-offs, really, it's kind of like a tier system. Memphis is considered the elite number one with 62 points. Then it's a drop-off to the Bulls at 52, a short gap to UCF at three, then a 15-point drop-off to the two teams picked tied for fifth, Houston and Cincinnati. So that kind of goes along with how things played out last year. Remember, Houston was technically the number two seed, but of the top four in the league was the one that didn't get an invite to the NCAA tournament. Houston lost to Memphis in the semifinals before the Tigers beat the Bulls. Memphis and SMU both won at home last year. Tigers beat LSU. SMU beat Texas in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Then both teams ducked out in the second round. Bulls lost at home to NC State 2-0. No Bulls picked to win the major honors, so I think goalkeeper Sidney Martinez might be a little bit motivated by that, as it'll be Caroline Delisle of UCF picked as the conference goalkeeper of the year. But really, offensive and defensive player honors, considering the Bulls had Sidney Nacello and their top defender Cheyenne Dennis move on. I would say that Vivian Bissett could be a challenger to Ashley Barron of Cincinnati for those postseason awards. But right now, Bulls are going to be motivated. Again, Vivian Bissett, the only player picked preseason first team. Granted, the Bulls picked to finish second. And I got to find out from Denise Shilty-Brown why the Bulls are the only team not playing on Thursday. Because you know what? Everyone else is. And if you're thinking Thursday, Sunday, some teams aren't doing that turnaround. Nope. Every team in the league, including the Bulls, is playing Sunday as well. UCF hosting the Gators to get things started Thursday night at 6 o'clock. Three 7 o'clock kicks. East Carolina hosting Duke. That's the team that eliminated Memphis last year. Cincinnati taking on its proximate rival, Northern Kentucky. Temple hosts Maryland. And then four 8 o'clock starts with Memphis hosting Little Rock. Houston going to Oklahoma. SMU taking on future conference foe Rice. And Tulsa going to Oklahoma City to play Mid-American Christian. Do some research on that program. Men's soccer starts off next week. Two conference teams picked in the first major poll, the United Soccer Coaches Poll. And no, not SMU or UCF. Defending champion Tulsa, the only team to make the NCAA tournament, is ranked 11th. And FIU, which is now a satellite member of the league for men's soccer, went 16-2-1 last year, hosted an NCAA match for the first time. Got that first round by, predicted to finish 18th. It is kind of wild not seeing SMU in the top 25, but always a good team. Men's soccer kicks off next Thursday. Speaking of predicted rankings, the coaches and writers polls out in college football. Of course, Alabama picked number one, Ohio State, Georgia at the top. Two American Conference teams, no Cincinnati, having lost Desmond Ritter and a ton of other NFL draft picks, not predicted to start off in the top four. In fact, number 23, according to the writers, Houston right behind at 24. Remember, Houston was actually picked as the preseason favorite by a smidge over Cincinnati. And in fact, those teams are separated by two points. According to the writers, Cincinnati gets a little bit of a separation, according to the coaches, picked preseason number 22 with Houston sneaking in. 25. UCF getting a fair chunk of votes by the coaches, 55 points worth, and also is the third highest ranked team, according to the writers as well. Volleyball starts next weekend on Friday night. No preseason top 25 squads, but UCF is just outside and returns a lot of members from the defending conference champ. That's going to wrap up Around the American. Thanks for dropping by. I'm Derek Sharp.